Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we're continuing the trend of bringing on inspirational educators and people who are truly making a difference in this world by helping young minds and old alike to work on themselves, to improve themselves, and to bring information more readily available at their fingertips. And who we have today is he's not only an educator, not only somebody who's on the forefront of training minds, but he's also a, we could say, a mental athlete. He's a four-time world uh, U.S. champion in in uh, memory competitions, and we're going to talk about those as well because it's just super fascinating. Uh, he knows a lot about how to train the mind. He's even said in interviews, and this is what I love because I feel the same way about mathematics. This is, what he said is, look, at the end of the day, everybody's got a great memory. It's just about training your brain and using these techniques. So, of course, you're probably listening to this and you want to know what are those techniques? How can I get my memory up to snuff in that same way? And I believe he's only been doing memory competitions for about seven years, and he he climbed up to become world champion, or sorry, excuse me, U.S. champion in a very short period of time. He's also an avid mountaineer and climber, and that actually ties into everything he does, so I don't want to say too much, but is a very impressive gentleman. So without further ado, Nelson Dellis, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's early here in LA, but I like waking up early, so it's a good <laughs> it's a good start to the day. So, uh, Nelson, sure. tell us a little bit about yourself, and I, I want to start with your story, and I know uh, you, you have a personal connection to improving memory, so tell us a, a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like to start off by saying that my memory was never uh, U.S. Uh, champion level. Uh, that's something that I, uh, taught myself, like you said, about seven or eight years ago. And, you know, before that I'd say my memory was average, right? Um, maybe slightly poor. (laughs) Um, but, uh, what happened was my grandmother, um, had been suffering from Alzheimer's for about a decade, maybe slightly less. Um, and you know, at first I didn't really think much of it. I just thought it was, you know, her old age and that's what happens. But as I got older and, and, and her, um, uh, dementia got worse. Um, I started to realize that, wow, this is really impacting obviously her mind and her day-to-day functions. Uh, but also our family, um, you know, she would forget who we were and, um, we all had to like go out of our ways to, to really make her life, work at the end. And it was a a really tough thing to watch. Um, we, we have a larger family, mostly in France, but, um, so we only got to see her, you know, every once or twice a year near the end. So the, the, the change uh, that I saw every time was drastic and very impactful. Um, and I think that's kind of what lasted in my mind after she passed away. That's kind of what I remembered and it inspired me to start studying memory. And now this study into memory, of course, it led you to 
re- to, to be able to compete on a on the national level. But is it? Be, did you in throughout your research process? Did you then figure out or discover that? Wait a minute. If I actually train my memory, you can offset some of these things, or in fact, prevent them altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't studying uh, like uh, for my PhD or anything. I was just researching online. What is there that I can do for my memory? Does memory improvement really exist for the average Joe? And uh, what I discovered uh, pretty quickly was the USA Memory Championship and how everyone who competed in these things, they were all trained. Um, you know, I had maybe heard that competition of that competition in passing and thought, you know, that's for geniuses uh, who just have naturally good memories. But that's not the case. None of them, none of the competitors are what you would think like it's all trained memories and the guy who wins or the girl who wins is typically the one who spends the most time practicing these skills which is kind of a weird thought that you can practice memory and get better at memory and that was a uh, a big eye-opener for me at that time and uh, it inspired me and convinced me to start seeing if I could do it myself let's talk about some of these practice routines and methodologies because I'm sure that parents listening or students listening would love to use these techniques in exam preparation and so on. So tell us about some of these uh, methodologies. Yeah, sure. It's it's really boils down to two kind of important things. One is visualization. So trying to take what you're memorizing and turn it into something you can visualize. Um, and I don't mean taking the word or the phrase or the mathematical equation that you're looking at and try to close your eyes and picture it. I mean, taking that information, whatever it is, and relating it to some type of picture in your mind that associates to the thing. Um, so really try to see, imagine like you're looking at a painting in your mind or, or a movie scene that represents what you're memorizing. If you can do that, then you're going to make that information stick a lot more. Why? Because when you come up with that picture, you're pulling on all the associations, all the connections in your mind that you've, you know, strung out of thin air um, that reminded you or came from that abstract piece of information, you know. So, you know, whether you saw or heard my name for the first time, Nelson, you know, you pictured Nelson Mandela because that is what it reminds you of and it reminded you of and you can picture Nelson Mandela, he's a very iconic figure, right? That's a thought in your head. Maybe you picture him in prison or you imagine him giving a moving speech or you imagine that rugby movie with, uh, what's his face, Matt Damon in it. I don't know. Um, but something must come to mind, right? Um, and that's, that's your visualization process, right? And it makes it a lot more sticky. The second part is to do something with that picture, to store it somewhere, so storage is the second part. Where do you put that information? Uh, how do you store it in your mind so that you can access it later um, at will uh, with great success? Um, think of like a filing cabinet, right? If, if, if in my office, every time I had a document or a note um, you know, of importance, I just opened my office door and threw it in there. I just have a pile of papers on the floor, right? And that's kind of how you can think of our the everyday person's brain, right? We have memories, we have ideas, and they all kind of are clustered around uh, laying on the floor or piled above each other. And it's not always obvious where to find them afterwards, right? Maybe the more recent ones are on the top, so maybe you'll pick it up and find it. 
uh, what you're looking for. But you know, some other ones are buried under there, and you may know it's in there, but you can't find it. You know, or maybe it find you find it later when you needed it earlier. Actually, so think of that versus if you had a filing system, right? If you had a bunch of cabinets that were you know color coded and and labeled, and you put this specific memory in this specific location, um, you know, you ordered it so that you could pick it out easily later. Um, so that's essentially what we're doing and we can talk about the methods to do that, but essentially it's, um, something called a memory palace, uh, where you use, um, some spatial image in your mind of something, someplace, you know, very well, and then you use that to order those images. I definitely want to dive into that. I've actually heard of this before where I think I saw a gentleman talk about this in a TED talk where he walked through, he's walking through a, an entire, he, he created an entire landscape that he's walking through where he stored certain memories. And that's fascinating. By the way, just for people who are listening, uh, now, you, you know, you definitely, Nelson, you definitely know what you're talking about because uh, from what I've read and, and listened to as far as interviews about Nelson, he's memorized a thousand digits of pi. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. And you've memorized, I believe, 18 decks of cards, like that, which is 18 times 52, all those cards in a row. Uh, so these techniques have definitely worked for him. So let's, yeah, let's talk about it. How do we, how do we lay out this physical mental landscape to remember things? Sure. Um, actually, just to correct you, the pi was 10,000 digits. Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Big di- oh, wow. That's even um, more impressive. But yeah, I'm going to take that example just to show you how I, or, or talk about how I did that. So, you know, numbers, we can talk about numbers forever, but the quick visualization side of numbers is every um, three digits, I have a picture associated with a number. And this is something I taught myself. I learned, I sat down and wrote it out and then learned it. So now every time I look at a three digit number, it's instantly a picture. So, um, that is what I had to do when I was looking at 10,000 digits is come up with all these pictures. That's the visualization part. But the storage part is where it gets interesting because, um, obviously I have so much data there and I have to keep it in order. Um, and so what I did is I split, um, those 10,000 digits into 2000 blocks of five digits. Okay. And what I did is I used this memory palace technique to store, um, all those digits. And what you do is you take, like I said, a familiar place. Uh, most people who's never done this before, I ask them to just imagine their house, right? And imagine starting at your front door, um, and mentally walk through that place. Um, stopping at, you know, like little pit stops along the way, like a normal route you might do through that place. So you might open the front door, you walk through the entryway, um, and maybe you make your way to the kitchen, you open the fridge, then go to the living room, sit down on the couch, turn on the TV, go upstairs, lay on your bed, go to the bathroom. You know, all these things are kind of in order in a way. Um, and what you do with that kind of path is all the pictures that you had of the things you're memorizing. Um, think of like a grocery list. Uh, you have 10 items. Um, each item you place that image that you came up with interacting, uh, with that location along the path. So say you start at the front door, your first item on your list, you would imagine some crazy image that associates with the image, the visualization of it interacting with that front door somehow. And then when you're done with that picture, you move along, 
next to your through the entryway in the hallway, you put the next word. And then you go to the kitchen in the fridge, you open it up, there's a third word. And then you go sit down on the couch with the fourth word. Turn on the TV, there's the fifth word. And so on. And so with pie, um, I took this to the extreme, um, you know, memorizing a 10 word list is one thing, but memorizing 2000 sets of numbers is another, but I just had massive, massive memory palaces that spanned over, um, the city that I live in, which is Miami. So, um, you know, I started at my high school, the entryway to my high school, and I did the first thousand digits just in my high school alone. And then from the high school, I move on to uh, South Miami, where there's like a little strip of restaurants and a mall, and I kind of navigated through there. And you know, this is where I grew up, so memorizing those locations is not a thing. I just think about it. I know it already pretty well, and that's the, kind of the thing that makes it easy: is you're not memorizing anything new; you're just using stuff that you already know. And when I go back to recall this information, or whether you go back to memorize this grocery list. You just place yourself in that same location and walk through it again, and you'll see the pictures um, waiting there for you, which you then translate back to the picture, uh, to the information. Have you ever trained, or ha- I mean, I know you. We're going to talk about Memory League and all the other amazing things, Climb for Memory, and your app that you're that you've been working on. But for example, yep. this could be incredible, and maybe you probably already do this. But do you ever take? one-off clients to help train them for really memorization heavy tests and train them to use this technique and if so because i can imagine for even for like the patent bar or also the bar exam it it could be super valuable and if so how long does it take you to get for a new student to be able to learn and apply this method yeah i mean a new student can learn it um almost immediately um but i've seen i've had to work with people who needed it for memorizing names for their business or students, like you said, memorizing for a specific test or even other competitors who want to be able to do a deck of cards in a faster time or something. So, um, I've worked with all sorts of people. Um, it, it's the, the beauty of it is that everybody can learn it and everybody can, everybody has this power within them. It's just a matter of someone coming along me, uh, or some memory, um, someone who knows how this works and showing you how to use your memory because we were never taught how to use our memories, which is kind of silly because the first kind of, uh, assignments you ever get in school are memorization, right? Memorize the alphabet, memorize times tables, the presidents, everything is all memory. Uh, yet no one really gives you the one-on-one on how to properly memorize something. That's so true. I mean, I think we're just told to repeat it over and over. So, uh, it's it, perhaps they're they're quite archaic methods to just basically beat it into your brain, but without without even recognizing these especially these particular skills and 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 applications that are so much more effective. That's so true. That's fascinating. Yeah. Tell us about tell us and, and the cool thing that I just want to say before we jump into discussion of memory league. I tell the same thing to people about mathematics. It's something that I think people either think they have or they don't, uh, an ability for math, just like probably people assume they either have a great memory or they don't. And it's essentially the genetic lottery. But I love that, that it's, it's, the, same, it's the same formula. It's, not necessarily, right. it's, it's how you train it. That's so great. All right, tell us a little bit about Memory League. Yep, so um, this is part of uh, 
an app that I built. Um, the, the, the bigger name of the whole project is called Art of Memory. Um, and people can go check it out at artofmemory.com. Um, but Memory League is kind of a branch off of that, that suite of, of um, tools to train your memory. So Art of Memory in general is a place where you can go to learn the techniques, train the techniques, um, ask others in the community uh, questions, um, figure out your systems that you want to use for memorizing numbers and whatever. And then the Memory League part of it is a little kind of memory league <laughs> that we created um, where you can actually play memory games against other people online um, competitively if you want or just for fun. And there's this whole rating system and um, we have little competitions uh, around the world that pop up here and there. Um, and yeah, so it's just a way – our goal is to get memory techniques out there and popularize um, because we believe everybody should know these things and should use them. It would make everybody's life easier in school and work, whatever. Um, so Art of Memory is, is, is aiming to do that. And same with Memory League. It's trying to make it a little more gamified um, to hook people in. I think it's a great time for this because, again, as you've mentioned before in, in other interviews, right now we have crutches, we have our phones, we have different applications yeah. that store data, and it take it takes away the the need to essentially memorize stuff. Like you gave that a great example, I think, in one of your talks about how when we were kids, because I, I imagine we're about the same age. I was born in 1980, and we used to have all our friends' phone numbers memorized, and we don't have that anymore. And and right. GPS systems you mentioned, and so on and so forth. So I think that's it's such a great time to be doing that. Kim, do you guys have any competitions coming to Los Angeles? Uh, funny you should say that. We're working on the World uh, Memory League Championships for next year, and uh, not LA, um, but we're we're looking at Silicon Valley. Um, we used to have it in San Diego every year. It was under a different name, Extreme Memory Tournament, um, but we changed the name. Um, so it'll definitely be West Coast, um, but we haven't decided. It might be somewhere between San Diego, L.A., and uh, Silicon Valley, San Francisco kind of. Um, I'll keep you posted. Absolutely. And I, I love all the work you're doing in addition to all this great work in terms of the art of memory. You're also you also have a, a charity called Climb for Memory, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you know, I mean, part of this process of learning about memory techniques and training for the competition, it was like a solo journey for me. Um, I think at the time that I started, there wasn't really much I could Google out there. Um, there was a little bit, but most of it I had to kind of do by trial and error. Um, so what I figured out pretty quick is that, you know, like we talked about before that not many people know about this yet they should, it seems like it's crazy that everyone has this potential, but nobody's using it cause they don't know. So I decided to, to find some way to kind of bring it all back, uh, to why I started, which was cause of my grandmother's Alzheimer's and to at the same time, educate people, um, about the disease, but also about people's own potential. Um, for their brain health. Um, so Climb for Memory came about. I, I thought, listen, I got to come up with something where uh, I put it on this platform that will you know, raise some eyebrows, turn some heads, get people uh, to pay attention. And that was mountain climbing, um, which is another passion of mine. And you know, I, I love climbing these big peaks that you know, require weeks of preparation and mental strength to endure and the elements and stuff. 
So it seemed like a cool combination uh, to create some vessel where I could climb uh, and and do good for, for memory and other people's memories. I believe you've climbed nearly to the top of Mount Everest and Kilimanjaro. Is that correct? Yep, Kilimanjaro I've climbed. Uh, in 2014, I'm actually heading back there this January with uh, a team to raise awareness and funds for uh, for uh, Alzheimer's. And uh, but Everest, yeah, uh, that was one of my first big climbs to to raise money through my charity. And uh, I've since attempted it three times, but yet I've not uh, successfully climbed it. I'm going back next year for another attempt. Um, I've come super close each time. It's very frustrating, but um, Everest is a beast. Uh, at least for me, it's tough. I think it, it's it, a lot of things have to go right uh, for the summit to happen. So hopefully, this time it's it's going to be the time. I'm not, I'm not a climber myself, but I've read that it's that's can be actually very dangerous. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean you're pushing the limit, no doubt. Um, it's the highest place on earth, and the elements are incredibly unforgiving and harsh. Uh, f- negative 40 degrees or more, um, temperatures, crazy winds, frostbite, uh, and the altitude, right? You're, you're playing with the limits of the body, um, at a place where you're getting a third of the oxygen that there is, um, at sea level. So, um, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. (laughs) All right. That's so fascinating. All right. Thank you so much for, for taking time out of your morning and your busy schedule to come on and talk about everything that you're doing. Cause it's so cool. If people want to learn more about art of memory, about memory league, about everything that you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah. I mean, uh, my personal website's nelsondells.com. People can just, uh, head there if they want to contact me personally. I do training. Um, I do speeches. So anything, you want to you want to learn personally or, or learn teach for a group I do that so just reach out um, climb for memory is my climbformemory.org is my charity artofmemory.com is the, the app I'm working on and then uh, finally one last thing if I can throw it out there um, is this uh, research project I'm working on called the extreme memory challenge and uh, we're trying to get a million people to take this memory test that we developed uh, to help with Alzheimer's research. And, uh, if people want to do that, it takes five, 10 minutes. It's free. It's no, there's no catch. It's just helping us. Um, and it's extreme memory challenge.com. Extreme memory challenge.com. Awesome. All right, guys, if you didn't hear all of that, well, of course, obviously it's a podcast. You can rewind and listen again, but if you don't want to do that, you can go to my website and check out the show notes. The show notes are at scalarlearning.com. And again, new episodes drop every Monday, so make sure to check back. And if you haven't done so yet and you like this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you can get the most up-to-date episodes every week. And finally, subscribe to the newsletter at scalarlearning.com. You get our free multiplication mastery course. Totally free. Thank you guys so much for joining. Nelson, thanks again for coming on. This was awesome. And I definitely am going to be pointing a lot of students in your direction because I think what you do is not only amazing, but it's also very unique. And I think it could be the secret sauce for a lot of students trying to master whatever subject they are currently immersed in. Thank you guys so much for joining. And I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Scalar learning. Give me that scalar.